What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision, this is Ben Curtis coming to you from our Buchanan campus, and we're closing out week one in our Greater Than podcast series through the book of Hebrews. Today, I'm going to be reading Hebrews chapter two, verses five through nine, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. It is not to the angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. This sermon, this letter, is a reminder uh, to, it's a, to a group of people. Uh, they're struggling for various reasons with their faith. The bottom line is they're having trouble following through. They don't hate Jesus, but they're just struggling. They're struggling to go all the way. They're struggling to persevere in their situation. And some of you probably know what that's like. I mean, you wish you had stronger faith, but it's just hard. Life is hard at times, and you find yourself pulled in so many different directions, and it's just easy you know, for all of us. It's easy for me to get distracted, and, and let's face it, it's just hard sometimes to stay committed to a God who is invisible. Well, the writer of Hebrews knows this, and so he keeps bringing us back to this one message, look to Jesus. That's the phrase that appears over and over in Hebrews, but we see Jesus, looking to Jesus, or fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's exactly what we're being called to do again here in chapter 2. If we go back to chapter 1, just to remind you, he argued uh, in chapter 1 that Jesus is superior to angels. So we're seeing all of these contrasts, that Jesus is greater than, and he's greater than the angels, And in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, if that's the case, then we better not ignore so great a salvation. Well, right here then, starting in verse 5, he goes back to that original argument about how he, Jesus, is greater than the angels. And he says in verse 5, it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. And then he quotes from Psalm uh, chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. And putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. So the psalmist, if we go back to that original psalm, the psalmist is just amazed at the universe that God has created. But even more amazing is our position in the created order. God created humans just a little lower than the angels. We go back to Genesis, and Adam and Eve were made in God's image. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, uh, God created human beings in his image, and then he kind of fleshes that out. He commissions them. Here's what it looks like to be made in his image. I want you to rule over the fish of the sea. So God's saying, listen, I'm the king. I'm the ultimate king, but I want you to rule 
under me. I want you to be stewards and exercise authority under my kingship. I want you to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over all living creatures. And so God intended for them to be his representatives to the world under his ultimate authority. And yet as the Old Testament plays out, we see uh, just a repeated failure to do that, to fulfill that commission. Adam failed, Noah failed, Israel failed, David even, the man after God's own heart, he failed. And sin has tarnished God's image in us. From Genesis 3 on, that's what we see, that things are not the way they're supposed to be. We still do have the image of God, but it's it's marred, it's tarnished, and and uh, and now from from the New Testament side of things, we're we're caught in this in between. Uh, the kingdom of God has come through the person of Jesus, but not yet in all of its fullness. Um, so on the one hand, we're in this in between where God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. So this is the already not yet of the kingdom. The reality is in this life, we're going to experience frustration and, and there's going to be pain and hopelessness and we've experienced death and even the fear of death. You look around and, and marriages sometimes fall apart. People lose their jobs. We see children and women abused. We see people living in bondage to addictions. People are depressed and discouraged and and so, uh, again, this is the already not yet of the kingdom. But notice what the writer of Hebrews does. He takes these verses and he, and he suggests that where Adam failed and really where everyone else has failed as God's representative over creation, Adam failed, Noah failed, David failed, but Jesus succeeded. And, and so the psalmist originally wrote that passage about the first Adam but the writer of Hebrews takes that passage and interprets it through the last Adam, Jesus. And if you if you look through those verses, it's kind of cool because you can start to see uh, the incarnation of, of Christ in different phrases. For example, you made him a little lower than the angels. Well, Jesus joined us in our frailty. He he took on human nature and added a human nature to his God nature. He moved from the the sphere of power and authority. Uh, that he used in creating the world in the beginning, and he assumed a, a lower place in the created order by, by coming to this earth. He humbled himself. He tasted death on our behalf. And and yet because of his suffering and death, uh, it says he was crowned with glory and honor, and and everything, everything has been placed under his feet. So there's this Jesus was humbled, and then he was exalted. So we see the, the exaltation of Christ but then comes the understatement of the year when, when he says, yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. This is a quote from Psalm 110, verse 1. He's already used this once back in chapter 1, verse 13. But here's the difference. Psalm 110, verse 1 looks to the future, whereas Psalm 8, verse 6, the one we just read earlier, speaks of an accomplished fact. So which is it? Uh, are all things under his feet or... Is this universal reign of Christ, is that still somewhere out there in the future? The persecuted Christians in Rome, uh, they may have been asking that same question. I mean, why are we being hurt by powers and by authorities that have already been placed under the feet of Christ? Has God not subjected all things to the Son? And so the writer of Hebrews uses Psalm 8 to answer this question with a yes. Yes, Christ's reign is already here. It's already a present reality. But based on Psalm 110 verse 1, he goes on to explain, we've yet to see the full impact of that authority. 
So here's a takeaway for us. Uh, spiritual perception is much more important than physical subjection. And here's what I mean by that. Having a spiritual perception of Jesus and his kingdom is much more important than seeing the physical subjection of all things to Jesus right now in the present. We know what's coming. Look at verse 9. He says, But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while. So that's, again, the incarnation. Jesus became a man. And now this Jesus is crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So the writer of Hebrews is saying Jesus is greater than. He, he has fulfilled our destiny. He's lived out the Psalm 8 vision for what our lives should have been like. And, but not only did he live the life out that we were intended to live, he also died to pay the penalty for our failure to live the way that God intended us to live. And so, you know, as I step back and just look at this, uh, this short passage, my thought is, aren't you thankful that we serve a king who stepped down from his throne and got involved. I remember Tim Keller uh, told a, a tragic story uh, of the 1964 murder of Kitty Genovese in Manhattan. It's a famous story, but basically a mugger came up to her and stabbed her, and she, she screamed and, and uh, even yelled out, he stabbed me, and, and then lights came on, people began looking out their windows, and the mugger was kind of startled, so he backed away, but... But the sad reality is no one came to help her. Nobody wanted to put themselves in harm's way. And <clears throat> when all was said and done, it was documented that 37 people saw this, but nobody got involved. So when her assailant saw that no one was coming to her, her rescue, he actually came back to where she, she had drugged herself uh, into an alley and killed her, and he took $49 from her purse. Nobody wanted to get involved. Nobody wanted to put themselves at, at risk uh, to help her. And so I'm going to say it again. That's, a, that's an illustration. Um, I'm going to say it again. Aren't you glad that Jesus is the king who gets involved? And he didn't just do it at the risk of his life. He did it at the cost of his life. Verse 9 says he tasted death for each of us. And it wasn't like we were just innocently being mugged like the girl in the story. We deserve punishment, but Jesus took it. You've probably heard this illustration, but imagine that uh, you're in a courtroom and you're watching the sentencing of a young man who's found guilty of several crimes, robbery, aggravated assault. And I mean, it's just an open and shut case. So the judge declares the sentence. And, but then after he brings down the gavel, you see him stand up, you see him take off his robe. And then he walks over to the young man and he says, son, you're guilty, but I'll take this for you. And it turns out that the judge is the boy's dad so he places the handcuffs on himself and delivers him over to the bailiff to pay the penalty. And, you know, I realize that's not a perfect analogy and that would never happen in our legal system, but that's essentially what Jesus did. He's a king who got involved. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you at one of our weekend services, either online or in person. Next time we'll pick up with Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 13 with Pastor Ross Harvey. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.